and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. Wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name's Paul Joy and I'm delighted to present today another conversation with a Yarra Old Grammarian or a Yog. And we're going to track some of their memories of their time here at school and how that's impacted where they are and how they got to where they are today. We're going to get to know our guests a little better and then look forward to hearing some of their uh, adventures through life thus far. Now, we've got a range of ways that you can keep in contact with the Yarra Valley Grammar wider school community via social media, and they're all linked in to our website, which you'll find us at yvg.vic.edu.au. If indeed you are a Yarra Old Grammarian, we would love you to stay in touch. Uh, look us up on LinkedIn and join the group Yarra Old Grammarians Connect. That's a great way for you to stay in touch with the wider Yog community. Today, I have the privilege, though, of sitting down with Chris Chun from the class of 1988. Chris is an internationally renowned artist, and we're going to explore today his some of his journey in art and printmaking and design and exhibiting internationally. He's also going to share with us a few tips for up-and-coming artists and some advice and guidance that we can apply to our life in general. I trust that you're going to enjoy this conversation as we meet with Chris Chun from the class of 1988. Welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Chun from the class of 1988. That is some 30 years ago. Chris is visiting back here at Yarra and he's with me in the room. And Chris, we're delighted to have you join us here on the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for making me feel so old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of feeling old, uh, you've had a chance to wander around here at Yarra today. You were here some 30 years ago. You started as a year seven student. What was the school like? What are your earliest memories of our school way back in 1988? Well, the school was definitely a lot smaller than it is now. Um, It's very impressive now, I have to say. It's very impressive. Uh, I think the most important memory for me, the most foundation for me was was a fine arts program in year 11 and 12, and that really provided me with a really solid foundation for my career and um, moving on to university. Excellent. And we, we're certainly going to dig into your career and uh, and find out some of the exciting things that you've been up to. But if if we were to uh, visit Yarra Valley Grammar back in the late 80s, early 90s, where would we have found you at this school? Would it have been out on the sports field? Would you have been in trouble outside the principal's office? Where behind the shelter sheds, where would we have found you? I was a good boy. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe playing tennis or in the library studying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had my first cigarette here. No, I was very good, actually. I'm encouraged to hear that. <laughs> I'm very encouraged to hear that. But you did spend some time in the art room. I did. What sort of subjects were they called back then? Um it's a fine arts program. So we did studio arts and graphic design and ceramics, printmaking, really a uh, good cross-section of um, studio disciplines for, um, well, for someone young that, you know, can explore and see what they like and don't like, which gives them a good 
uh, I guess, foundation for what they want to do when they continue their studies into university. I think you're right. I think things like work experience are valuable even if at the end of that time you you decide that's not what I want to do, that's valuable as it is if you go through the experience and you go, yeah, that's really what I want to do. So what were some experiences that you had in the art arena that you knew would not be part of your future? Oh, um, well, woodworking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hated woodworking. Okay. I remember finishing this platter and I was on the sanding it and then... I lost control and it just smashed on the floor. So I thought that's not that's not me. Um, maybe ceramics, but I'm doing ceramics now. So I mean, you can never say never. Really, never say never. That's um, a it's a good quote. Um, so therefore, what were some things that you did experience here that you are still practicing today? Uh, doing printmaking, doing painting, um, doing graphic design. I'm sort of doing everything really. It's 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 quite it's quite a full sort of full circle move moment. But, um, so you are existing as an artist. So what's I mean, your title? Um, well, I call myself artist and creative director. Mm-hmm. So I do everything from exhibiting professionally as an artist to doing um, more commercial work like product development, branding. Um, Styling. I also license my artwork to companies, so I do a lot of commercial work. Um, I also do some consulting and some workshops and, and mentoring with um, other people, so I like giving back uh, information and helping people. Um, yes. So a lot of things. So where would we see your work today? Is it, are you on T-shirts? Are you in big buildings? Are you in art galleries? Where might we be able to see some... Some of your best work? Um, probably see me on your kitchen table. I did a lot of ceramic ranches with Ashdeen a few years ago. Um, greeting cards, textiles, uh, life-size baby elephant statues in the UK because I do a lot of work with Elephant Parade. Um, yeah, just everywhere, I think, and lots of lots of homes. Okay, so so is that a, like a, a commissioned piece of work that they want especially for the home or do you create and then somebody comes along and says, oh, I really like that, that would fit well in my lounge room? Well, there are people that have bought either paintings from my exhibitions or they've seen my work and have commissioned me to do a special piece for them. So it's a, it's a variety of different mm. um, media. They might have seen me from a magazine or a newspaper. Okay. So when you were a student here at Yarra, where did you live? Where 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 was your stomping ground? Uh, you mean here at the school? Or? Yes. In terms of, did you live in the local area? Did you come oh, by bus to I, school? Did I you... lived in Vermont. Okay, and so, so it's about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes away, yes. way before the expressway. So. And uh, how did you travel to school? Um, I was very lucky. My mum, my mum drove us to school and back each day and made us lunch and yes, it was very good. Yes, excellent. But you don't live in Vermont nowadays? No, I'm actually living in northern Thailand in Chiang Mai. So I've been there for eight years and then before that I was living in Sydney for eight years and then before that I was in Europe for three years. And was that pursuing a travel bug or was that pursuing and following work or what is it that has given you the opportunity to travel to these places? Um, I think, tri- well, going to Europe was definitely work, just getting some experience in the design studios in uh, the UK and Italy. 
um, America. And then since I started my own business, I've had have a lot of clients uh, around the world. So I'll go and meet them and, and travel. And then Thailand was a sabbatical. My partner and I needed to have a little break from the rat race, I guess, in, in Sydney. So we decided to travel around Asia, saw Chiang Mai and thought, why don't we just stay here for six months and see what it's like. And, you know, eight years later, we're still there and I have a big studio and um, have found out that there's a big community of artists and craftspeople, um, a real tradition of handicrafts like textiles and ceramics, basket weaving. So it's a really nice uh, like-minded community and sort of serendipitous that, that we've ended up there without me knowing that it existed in the first place, really. Yes. So it was a, a discovery. A discovery, yeah. Where Where is home? What do you call home at the moment? Is it is it there or do you still have your roots back in Sydney or in Melbourne or is home wherever? wherever I guess... I guess home is where I have a connection to. So Melbourne's always going to be my home. Uh, Chiang Mai's another home. Rome is another home. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I, yeah, I guess that's where I have a connection with that. I feel relaxed and inspired by, and um, have friends and family there. Sounds very exotic. Having all these yeah, homes I mean, all I'm over very, the world. I'm very. I feel very lucky and blessed that I can do what I can do. I mean, with the onset of you know, Skype and internet, um, you know, the world really is a small place. So mm. I'm lucky I can work anywhere, really. Mm. I just need good internet connection and good natural light and, you know, it's great. Tell us a little bit about the creative process. You're, it, would it be fair to say, an internationally known and exhibiting artist? How, how do, do you start with an idea? Do you start with a, a, a theme? Do you start with a project? How, how does the creative process work for you? Because I appreciate it. It may be different for other artists. Well, I think, it, I mean, I think it's, I think everything that you do comes from the heart. There's going to be like a, a connection and a, and a passion to things. I think with, um, with uh, commissioned work, they always give me a starting point. So then I go and research on the web and go to libraries, look at magazines, films, or otherwise it might just be, um, I'm usually inspired by travels, um, big part of my uh, work. I like looking back in history. So I get inspired a lot by vintage kimono textiles and um, ornate wood carvings mm. and uh, ceramics. Fabrics. So your travels are part of your work. That's a nice combo that you've travels got going. Travels are part of my work, so it's always good for tax deduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make it work for you, absolutely. Um, what's the most uh, interesting or surprising piece of work that you've produced, whether that was a commissioned piece that somebody said, I want you to do this, and you're going, really? Or something that you're, you know, that really is intricately detailed or something that's quite fascinating i think it was painting my first elephant for elephant parade tell us a little bit more about so elephant parade elephant parade is a social enterprise which combines art business and conservation and they organize these open-air exhibitions of these life-size baby elephant statues and they invite different artists designers and celebrities to decorate each elephant and then they're exhibited in international cities around the world, like we've had one in London, Singapore. Um, we just had one in Delhi this year. 
And so they're exhibited to raise awareness for the Asian elephant, which is on the verge of extinction. So it's quite a fun way to um, bring awareness of the plight to customers in a fun, quirky and engaging manner. And, um, and then they're auctioned off and then the proceeds go to various Asian elephant charities. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing I've painted. Uh, uh, I think it works out to 10 square metres, I think, or something of um, this 3D baby elephant statue. And I think it took me a month. The first two took me a month each, so two months out of my... Um, How many did you paint? I've painted... So you, you get keep inviting back... Yeah, so so from that so from that uh, from those first two elephants, which I discovered in Chiang Mai, because that's where the home base is. Uh, I met the met the owners, and they invited me to help them with their product development. So then I became their creative director for a couple of years, okay. helping them with their retail and product development and branding and storytelling. And so I I worked with the the artisans there at the studio and the factory to create different designs so i think i've probably done about done about 50 elephants oh not right. not all under my name I've, under my name i've probably done about five or six right and then the rest i just provide starting points and ideas for our uh team of artisans to follow and execute wow so so is it an annual auction yeah, so usually, usually I think we're up to our twenty fifth parade. Wow! And we've raised over two million dollars to ele- for elephant conservation. Congratulations! So amazing. And how many elephants would be in one parade? Oh, it depends on the size of the city, but usually it can go from anywhere from fifty to one hundred and twenty. Right. I think um, we have created over fifteen hundred elephants and collaborated with maybe over 1200 artists right and and those elephants still exist somewhere in the in the world they might be in a hotel lobby they might be in somebody's yeah, backyard so they're, bought, they're bought for everyone from big business to hmm. private to uh, museums so so on the what the first elephant that you ever painted it was a life-size baby elephant where did you start what bit of the elephant um I think I started on the ear because my, my first elephant was called Kiku. So it was inspired by a vintage kimono textile. So it was very ornate. Um, I think I had to paint three layers of paint just to get a flat, flat colour. So it was, a, it was a real labour of love. But I really enjoyed it. It's going towards a good cause. Sure, so. absolutely. And, and about a month. And, and so your work uh, style or your work process would you just be working on the elephant or do you have multiple projects happening at a time? I usually have multiple projects working on the time mm. at the same time. Mm. So it's a question of multitasking, but usually I find I'm better just doing one or two things yes. at the same time. and then. Do you have any, uh, they don't have to be creative ones or artistic ones, but do you have any habits or routines or rhythms that are important to your productivity? that you can share? Like it might be a particular practice that you have every morning or a particular time you wake up or maybe it's it's at the other end of the day that you've got certain things that are part of your routine that help you be your best. Um, well, usually when I come to the studio every day, I'll put on um, essential oils, aromatherapy. I'll put on always listen to classical music in the morning because it just gets me gently into the work rhythm. 
And then when I find that I'm fading a little bit in the afternoon, I'll put on something a bit more heavy and um, mm. disco or whatever just to get the Get the energy going, going again. Get the creative juices flowing again. Excellent, excellent. Now, you're in Australia for a little while. You've actually spent some time here at Yarra in some art classes. What are some tips or advice that you offer to budding young artists? I think just to have fun and ex- ex- explore, just to really take this opportunity to um, try new things and see what you like and don't like and, um, you know, really enjoy this moment because it, it is going to be one of the few times in your career or your life where you're going to get this opportunity to, you know, have fun. And, mm. you know, that's one of the things I really appreciate studying here is that it has given me a really good foundation for, um, for, for my career. Like I hadn't... Like for example, I did we did etching for the fir- I did etching for the first time here, which is a printmaking process here in year eleven, and I was really bad at it, and I didn't really like it. But and then last year I collaborated with a printmaking studio in Chiang Mai called Cap Studio, and I did a range of etchings with them, and it was great. It was like oh, I, you know, it took me back to Yarra Valley, back to um, mm. trip down memory lane. So it was really nice. So do you? As an artist, sometimes you muck it up. Do you? Like you Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about mucking it up or, or dare I say failure. Have you tumbled and tripped at times and Oh, all the time. I mean it's it's I mean it's part of life, you know. I mean if you I mean, just like stress is part of life, it's I mean, not everything you're gonna do is gonna be beautiful and perfect the first time. It's always trial and error and I think the important thing is that you just keep on going, you know. Okay. I think when you give up the first time, then, you know, you're not really doing yourself a favour, really. Mm. And, you know, it's, 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 it's part of life. Mm. What about success? See, people look at artists and if you've sold something, for some people that would be considered a success. Um, if you've been able to share your art with somebody other people would say well that's a success but even be able to, to share it with somebody it would be easy to argue that you've had some success and enjoyed some success as an artist you you this is how you survive it's through your art and and the business that you've put behind that tell us a little bit about what success means to you and dare i ask and you can pass on the question if you wish you've sold some of your artwork what has fetched the highest price of your artwork, and can you describe it to us? Oh God, maybe five thousand dollars. Okay, for one piece. For one piece. Marvelous. Yeah. And what was it? Um, it was a painting called Hanami, which was this beautiful cherry blossom butterfly. And you're very uh, proud of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my my success, my definition of success is, you know, anything that I create, whether it's a uh, teacup or, or a painting is just being able to connect with that with the end consumer and making them happy bringing them bringing a smile to their face really mm. I think that's the most important thing that any I guess any creative person um, would say I mean I don't think there's well for me I don't think there's much enjoyment if you know you're painting something that you absolutely love but you know there's just no relevance or connection to other people I mean, it's, it's, it seems very selfish, but it's... Uh... You spoke a little earlier about some of your work uh, 
helping people to tell their story um, and as an artist, would we see or do you try and tell story through your artwork? Is there room for that in a, in a one piece? Is there story tucked in there behind it as well? Tell me about that process. Absolutely. Yeah, everything, everything I do has a story. There has to be some authenticity, a starting point. It might be um, from travels or, for example, usually with my bird, my bird flower paintings. So, you know, I might put three birds in there because it's, you know, my brothers and I or it might be... Um, might be a peony in there because it symbolizes uh, prosperity so I look at all these cultural and um, heritage elements in my in my work so it's it's been quite fun exploring my my cultural background being Chinese and um, where I'm living now looking at Thai culture and Japanese culture and um, and somehow you get to put all of these influences into this big melting pot or paint pot and and you then bring out and, and express your creativity influenced by all these things and, and the stories behind them. It's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Um, if our listeners wanted to go and see some of your work, where's the best place to find and check it out? I think the best place is probably my website, chrischun.com, C-H-R-I-S-C-H-U-N.com. Excellent. No dots in there? There's a dot. Was there a dot? Yeah. Was there a dot? Yeah. Chris.chun? No. Chris.chun.com. .com. There you yeah. go. We'll uh, include that in our show notes as well. <laughs> I wonder, are you a, a reader? What's the best book you've read recently? I have to say I've been really lazy. <laughs> I know. I used to read voraciously, but uh, I think with iPad now, I, I sort of seem to um, just read magazines and look at, you know, Instagram and Pinterest, my reading sort of gone down a bit, really. But. Has uh, the impact of technology uh, changed the way that you work or changed the way that your business operates? Definitely. It's an important factor in my work. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So you're a traditional artist, you get out a paintbrush and you create something or you, you get your hands dirty and you, you do some ceramics and yet social media helps too. How so? Um, social media is really important to get your work out there. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's essential part. I mean, it's the way we all connect really, even Facebook as well. Mm. Um, in terms of using technology for my work, I see it as a, as just like a, a paint tube really, or a paintbrush. It's just another element, but it's, uh, it's still can't, still can't take away the fact that you know you still have to hand paint and draw and it's mm. just a it's just an element but um i have noticed that the standard of drawing has gone down with the advent of photoshop and illustrator and especially my industry so it's really important to still keep the drawing skills up for interesting sure. so so tell me a little bit about that process of you becoming good at your art was it a process of practice did you have a, a routine or a rhythm of practicing every day or was it just kind of when you felt like it how, how dedicated were you to the craft me now or, bef- before, or before in the in the growth period of maybe back to your school days you knew art was a thing for you it was a good thing did you spend every spare moment up in the art area 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't have we didn't have social media back then or internet, and you know, luckily for me, we didn't. Otherwise, I think I would have been really distracted. So I gave me time just to paint and really hone my craft. I mean, drawings like it's like cooking. The more you do, the better the better you are at it. Really, mm. um, I know talent goes a long way a little bit, but I, you know, I can really tell if I haven't been drawing for a long time. You know, your observation skills yes. are not so are not so great. Our time is almost coming to a close. You have travelled the world, parts of it. You've been involved in various cultures. And, in fact, by the sounds of it, you've influenced certain cultures around the, the world. What do you would you say is an experience that you would hope every young person gets to have? What's a must-see place or a must-experience culture or a must-visit country? Where would you recommend people go or see or feel or experience? I think Japan. Japan. I mean, travel travel is a huge part of my huge part of my life. And, you know, I think it's such a great uh, way to learn and be educated and really appreciate how I mean how lucky we are here in Australia. I think we take it for granted how good the lifestyle is and you know the weather and the food and the you know the pollution, the, the environmental or whatever. But um, thing I really like about Japan is everybody's very polite. Um, they seem to blend the old and the new really seamlessly well. Uh, they really care about the environment. Uh, everything's beautifully packaged. You know, everything's so nice. And, mm. and you know, just, just, just experience new culture, new food, new, new lifestyle. Christian, from the class of 1988, two more questions for you. We're nearly there. Our school motto is Lavavi Oculus. Do you remember what that means? No. I lift up my eyes. And if I offer that phrase to you, to lift up your eyes as an artist, as a former student here at Yarra Valley Grammar, wonder what that phrase means to you, to lift up your eyes. Well, I think it means really, really being present and looking at everything, really being observant. I think I think as you get older and get more busier, we, we don't really appreciate and look at everything properly. You know, so um, you know, I'm all, I'm all, I mean, I have that, I have that sense of discovery in my life, and it flows through to my work as well. And you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really a great observer of of everything of what's going on in the world, and um, you know, trying to add my, I guess, my little bit of beauty to the to the world because I think that um, you know, there's a lot of crap out there. So I think about you know the legacy I want to believe and making sure that I um, I do stuff that I think is very um, that, that that means something I mean I think working in industry for such a long time and you go to these big trade fairs and you see the lo- lots of crap and you know think about the landfill and the environmental impact of things I'm, I'm definitely designing less these days mm-hmm. creating less these days but I think I'm making sure that there is more um, significance and there's more thought behind it in mm. the process. And is that a reflection of your maturity as an artist or your maturity as a human on our planet? Well, I think I think a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's great. The title of our podcast is called Inspired by Yarra. And I wonder if you can reach back into 
the toolkit that you received from Yarrow into the backpack that you walked out of here with. And can you put your finger on something from Yarra that inspired you to be who and what you are today? Well, I think, I mean, I think it was a fine arts program and it was my teachers here. They were amazing. They're really supportive, encouraging, mm. uh, really um, helped nurture, nurture and bring out our creative um, talents. Very, very, always, I'm always very, very grateful for Yarra Valley. I mean, I think that I don't think I could have done half the things I could have done without um, being here for sure. I mean, definitely foundation for my for my career and my my life, yeah. Chris, it's been a delight to meet you. Thank you for giving some of your time to us. I know you're heading now straight back into another art class and, uh, and that will be your uh, domain of comfort and pleasure, I'm sure. Thank you for joining us here on Inspired by Yarra. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope you found that conversation interesting as I did. We've got a unique set of show notes about our conversation that we had with Chris, and that's available in the community section on our website, which is ygvg.vic.edu.au. Within that community section, there's also an opportunity to go back and look at other episodes that we've done within the Inspired by Yarra podcast and other ways that you can stay in touch. As you'd appreciate, we're on all of the social medias on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and so on. And look up Yarra Valley Grammar or follow the links that are on our ygv.vic.edu.au website. If you've got any suggestions for Yogs, Yarra Old Grammarians who you'd like to hear from and you think would be interesting to our uh, ever-increasing audience, we'd love to hear from you and you can drop us a line uh, via the website at ygv.vic.edu.au. This is Paul Joy and it's been a delight to track this journey with you and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I wish you another day of inspiration where you Get out there and make a positive impact in the world around you.